0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Good afternoon and welcome back to the Hoosier Huddle podcast as we kick off season number six uh, here on the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs, your host, TJ Inman, who will be along with us shortly. We want to wish you all a happy Martin Luther King Day and... Hope you are celebrating uh, the great man that he was in whatever way you do that. Uh, Today we're here to talk about Indiana's latest hire, Offensive Coordinator Kalen DeBoer, uh, and we'll talk about how he fits Indiana, uh, what kind of offense the Indiana fans should be expecting, and uh, what players could benefit the most. Uh, TJ, welcome in on this freezing cold, snowy – indianapolis uh, monday
1: yeah absolutely uh, you're right it's uh, it's really really cold out there kind of one of those days where it sort of hurts to uh, even breathe in the air so hopefully wherever you're listening to this you're uh, staying warm and uh, hopefully we can talk about what i think it's a pretty exciting hire um i know it's not a name that uh you know mac canada was the initial uh, one that just jumped off the page as kind of the quote-unquote obvious, uh, candidate. Um, and he does not have the name recognition of a Mac Canada, but, uh, I do think that he's, um, certainly proven uh, to be highly successful at each of his stops. And I see no reason why this can't be the same at Indiana. Yeah, this is a hire that
2: I, I really, I really like It's, it's, um, you know, an obvious progression of Kalen DeBoer. He, You know, he started as offense coordinator at at Sioux Falls, uh, became the head coach there, went 67 and three, won three national titles. Anytime you go 67 and three, I I know some people have been uh, poo pooing the the idea that, hey, 67 and three at NAIA uh, isn't very good. Uh, But anytime you go 67 and three, it's great, no matter what level of college football uh your coaching at uh he then moved up uh went to Southern Illinois of the FCS was the offensive coordinator there from 2012 to 2013 moved on to Eastern Michigan where Eastern Michigan uh, had been so bad that people i think everybody at the school wanted the maybe even the students as well wanted that program blown up uh he went there coach quarterbacks coach offensive coordinator took that team to a bowl game, uh, uh, took that offense to a bowl game, had record-setting offensive performances there in 2016, moved on to then Fresno State 2017-2018, was assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, took a team. Now, a lot of people remember Fresno State back in the the days when they were playing Reggie Bush's USC, and they had um, Mm -hmm. Derek and David Carr, and those offenses, but there was a time where Fresno State really, uh, really fell off the map a little bit, and uh, his offenses came back and uh, really breathed some life into that program. They went eleven and two, I believe this this past year. They beat uh, UCLA uh, and some other FBS teams, Arizona State in the bowl game as well. So it, it's a progression higher. Uh, Indiana, it's an obvious progression for Kalen DeBoer. Uh, I'd be really shocked if he's at Indiana for more than three or four years. If he's successful at Indiana for a year or two, I could see him getting a head coaching job. He was mentioned uh, in some head coaching job vacancies uh, in the group of five, and IU fans should be okay with that. You're not. This is this is what it, it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be. Uh, one of these hires that you're okay with somebody going on and taking a bigger job because you know what, go make the a next hire of a guy who's up and coming and can spend a couple of years at Indiana really put his stamp on the offense and, and, and move on. So it's a really good hire for, for Indiana. We'll see how it works out on paper. It's a good hire, but uh, if it doesn't perform, um, you know, it's tough to yeah, it's tough to judge five days. You know, th- this is announced on Friday, I believe. So uh, we'll see. Uh, TJ, you wrote yesterday about how Kalen, the board's offense, is going to fit in at IU. Uh, what's your initial take
1: Well, uh, you know, it's always a little bit risky to say, well, this guy does this. Uh, he runs this. Uh, it's always a little bit risky to do that because that you know, that pigeonholes guys and says that they're not capable of adapting uh, to their personnel, which is uh, uh, kind of the worst thing that – not the worst thing, but a bad thing for a coach to be is to be inflexible uh, in what they do. Now, they can have principles that they always want to stick to, Uh, So that's kind of what I attempted to to look at, was what are the core principles that Kalen DeBoer uh, believes in as far as offensive football and philosophy goes? Uh, Not necessarily, well, he's definitely going to run these formations, and he's definitely going to run this type of offense. Uh, You know, if you were to do that, if you were just to boil it down to strictly, uh, you know, a very base level, I think it's okay to say, uh, he runs kind of an aggressive West Coast-based offense uh, that mixes in some spread principles, uh, but there's a lot of short-to-medium passing game uh, principles there. There's a lot of multiple sets, uh, a lot of different formations. Is, is something you're going to see or be something that we saw at, at both Eastern Michigan and Fresno State? Looking back at the highlights of the tape, um, you know, it's it's tempting to say, well, he needs to have a dual-threat quarterback to succeed. Uh, That's not necessarily true, but uh, that is where he has been most successful. Now, uh, I think that that's going to be the case regardless of who you are in today's college game. I think that it's uh, very, very important for most schools to have a quarterback that has the ability to make some plays with his legs, not necessarily be a scrambling quarterback, but to be able to make plays with his legs. Uh, You know, last year at Fresno State, Marcus McMarion uh, was a transfer quarterback from Oregon State that went to Fresno, did very, very well. Uh, Kalen DeBoer's tutelage had a phenomenal two-season. What stood out was his ability to uh, be accurate, not make mistakes, Uh, Last year, it was 25 touchdowns, five interceptions uh, only. Um, So that's very positive. Um, And then I guess you call it efficiency, if you will. But we've seen Indiana, you know, Peyton Ramsey was quote-unquote efficient, uh, but it was on passes that were going on average per attempt uh, 6.5 yards. So, you know, what's that really getting you? Uh, McVarion was throwing it two yards more than that per attempt. Uh, so it was being efficient, but, you know, extending those plays a little bit further down the field. Um, Fresno state did not, in my opinion, have the same caliber of receivers that Indiana had. They had one that uh, played in Indiana and would have started Indiana. He was a great player. Um, but you know, I think that he'll be pretty pleased with the receiving options that he inherits here with the Hoosiers. Um, as far as quarterbacks go, uh, you know, remains to be seen who's going to start, but um, Penix and Tuttle both appear to have the arm uh, that he would like to see mixed with those legs that while they're not scrambling guys, they can make plays with their legs. Uh, so I think that's promising. Uh, in terms of the running game, uh, a lot of multiple tight end sets uh, where tight ends are going to be moving around uh, somewhat used as H-backs, sort of, um, but you're going to be asked to block to be extra extra linemen as well. Uh, they had three different running backs carry the ball more than 70 times last season. Fresno State did. Uh, so not afraid to spread the wealth at all, and I think that's a positive. It appears on paper, uh, and the running back is a position that can get depleted really quickly, but it appears on paper that's a deep spot for IU with a lot of talent. Uh, and you'd like to find a way to get all those guys on the field as much as possible. Um, you know, it just, so just in terms of the personnel fit, I think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, tempo-wise, uh, they did not go as quickly tempo-wise as Indiana has the past couple of years. Um, that's, again, it's hard to say if that's divorce philosophy or, if that is a philosophy of, you know, uh, Jeff Tedford, if he felt that that was best as the head coach at Fresno State uh, to, you know, not slow the game down necessarily, but not go at a hyper pace uh, and, you know, more try to maximize the possessions, just try to squeeze as many possessions into a game as you could. Uh, not really sure whose philosophy that was, but they did play it a slightly slower tip we've seen from Indiana under previous offense coordinator Mike DeBord. Uh, or under Kevin Wilson, so um, I think it's going to be a change there, Uh, things are going to look different, it's going to take a little while uh, for, you know, the players to get used to this new system and for DeBoer to get used to the new staff that he's working with and uh, the new players that he's working with, so uh, there's going to be a feeling out period the issue with that uh, Indiana needs to get back to a bowl game, you know, they've got to we've got to get some momentum back on the field while recruiting momentum is good uh and that remains and is impressive and uh, I think the general feeling of goodwill around the program uh is is positive uh you know you can only go so long without a bowl game so uh having two new coordinators is uh, heading into this season which is really critical for the Hoosiers uh is somewhat uh you know somewhat unnerving
2: yeah, you know, to touch on your last point, first, usually when a team comes in with new, two new coordinators, it's because that program needed a shakeup, and it's usually right. a stopgap uh, from a bigger change coming. I don't think it was that on the defensive side of the ball. I just think that Tom Allen needed to hand off the defense to somebody after inst- instilling his. Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, philosophy and all those things on defense. Offensively, they needed a complete overhaul philosophically. They need to throw the ball deep. uh, And one of the telling stats uh, that you mentioned, TJ, was the two yards per attempt uh, throwing more that Fresno State had than Indiana had. Uh, He'll use the middle of the field, uh, you know, a lot of IU's deep passes really were fades down the sidelines. You didn't see them take shots down the middle middle of the field a no. lot. And a, and one of the downsides of those fade balls down the sideline is that there's you – know, with the – the you catch the ball, get knocked out of bounds. Uh, now, it might be a 25-30-yard gain, but you're not hitting – guys down the middle uh, outside of that one play to walk uh, against Michigan State, and that was a crossing pattern, but you're not hitting a guy on a post, uh, you know, who could take it 40, 50 yards and run that extra 20 yards uh, to the end zone. Uh, you mentioned You mentioned pace of play. Last year, Fresno State averaged just over 67 yard, uh, 67 plays per game. Indiana was around 75. Uh, and, and tempo, this is one of the questions that Indiana fans asked, Uh, When I posted this in the Facebook group, is does this defense or does this offense fit Tom Allen's defense? Now I don't buy into, um, you know, the pace of play really affecting the the defense that much. Other than if your offense is going three and out, your defense doesn't have a lot of time on the sideline uh, to to make adjustments and, and adjusting games until you get you know, a drive going on offense. You saw it against Northwestern a couple years ago uh, when Northwestern just blitzed IU in, in the first quarter and the defense really couldn't adjust. And then once they had time to adjust, uh, they played a lot better. So to to slow it down, now you want to go fast sometimes as well, but to slow it down, get the offense going, get a couple of first downs, should help the defense as well, uh, not be on the field as much. Uh, but I, I think this this pace of play, Going super fast all the time doesn't work. Going super slow all the time doesn't work. You got to pick your spots to do both, and that's something that uh, even goes back to the Kevin Wilson era. That says the hardest thing to defend is going having an offense that can can do both. And I think uh, uh, Kalen DeBoer's offense can do both. And we'll see how it shakes out um, on the field. I'm excited to see what happens during spring ball. Now, TJ, there's going to be a lot of adjustments. Which player or position group do you think benefits the most from this coaching change?
1: Yeah. You know, that was a difficult question for me to think about. It's very tempting to say, uh, you know, one of the outside receivers because they'd be getting more shots down the field. You know, I think that that might have more to do with the change at quarterback, which we both expect to happen uh, than necessarily a change in uh, the offensive coordinator. I think it will be due to both that IU will take a shot, you know, more shots down the field. Uh, But I think that the, the player that's going to see the largest increase in his usefulness and effectiveness uh, is going to be walk failure you mentioned using the middle of the field more uh, and using crossing routes more and using motion more Uh, we're going to see a lot more of that type of thing and the most dangerous player that I can think of that Indiana could use in that way uh, is going to be WAP failure I would love to see Reese Taylor remain on offense and see what he can do Uh, with the different offensive coordinator, you know, calling the shots. Don't know if that's going to happen. Kalen DeBoer might have a say in that. He might not. I don't know. Um, But I I would like to see that. But for the players, we definitely know we're going to be on offense. I'll take Wap Villier. Uh, I think he's a guy that you do whatever you can to get him the ball in space. And that's going to take some scheming. He's a player that you cannot just say, all right, go out there beat your man one-on-one we'll throw it down the field you go up and get it that's not going to work he's not that type of player you're going to have to scheme a way for him to get the ball in space now once he gets it in space then it's up to him to make the plays and I think he's very capable of that Uh, he will be 100% barring you know some different injury Uh, he'll be 100% uh, this spring so you know I'm looking forward to seeing what Watt Billier can do in this attack. Uh, and I think it should look much different for him than, you know, oh, here's a, you know, here's a bubble screen, see what you can do. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of him uh, being used in multiple ways that are going to utilize his uh, elusiveness and speed. Yeah, I think, you know, the wide
2: receiving group as a whole, I think, can't really narrow it down yeah. to one but I think having the the openness on offense um, and, and a deeper passing game will help if I had to go one and not pick one Fillier, I think Nick Westbrook is that guy yeah we, we saw him in 2016 have a great year he's in the middle of the field he he's explosive uh, he could outrun defenders and he's big enough to go uh, go across the middle. And he's kind of – he's a mismatch for guys if you have a safety in the middle of the field, if you have a corner down the end. He's too fast for the safety. He's too big for the corner. Uh, and I'd like to see him run post routes. He's a guy who, you know, if if a defender may, misses a tackle, he could take it to the house. Uh, you saw it against false State in 2016. He t- took a, a screen pass uh, 80 yards for a touchdown. You saw it, you know, a couple times against uh, – Wake Forest. He's a guy who I think could benefit from this. And then what else I'm interested in seeing is how he uses these running backs. You mentioned that they had three running backs at 70, you know, at least 70 carries apiece. Uh, one of the Mm -hmm. the wild cards in that running backs room is Cole guest. He's coming off a knee injury. He's a guy who can present some matchup problems for the defense. Maybe, um, with the depth I.U. has it running back, you, you could use him both there and in the slot, save Wop's legs a little bit. And, you know, he does present some matchup problems. I was talking to Matt Weaver when uh, Cole Guest recruited, he, he saw him at camps, and, you know, he he was a guy in the slot nobody could guard. Uh, so I think, you know, all these Swiss Army Knife players, like a Cole Guest, like a Reese Taylor, who, you know, you could put in the backfield, you could split out wide, and all those things. Really, you know, this is why last the last the last, yep, the last couple years were so frustrating is because they have all these pieces that you could use. They just didn't use them in, you know, fun and exciting ways that resulted in big plays. So hopefully, you know, Cole Gas comes back 100%. He's a guy who maybe is one of those running backs that gets – you know 40 50 catches during the year and catches 25 30 balls and and is used in the kick return game so that's what i'm i'm looking at i think the wide receiver core is the area that's going to be improved the most at least statistically um and then you know as far as the quarterbacks go you have you know you hope michael Penix come back 100 percent uh when he was injured the the prognosis was that he would participate in spring and be a hundred percent sometime in the summer, probably by June. And then you bring in Jack Tuttle, who's every, every bit of six, four uh, has, has a big arm, can run and do that stuff. And then, uh, you know, Peyton Ramsey has kind of been an afterthought to us, but he's a guy, he's, he's played in a lot of big 10 games, uh, a coach's kid but he doesn't necessarily have the tools that the other two have. But if he stays, there's probably a place where he could be used in in some some way, shape or form. So, you know, maybe, maybe see it there, but this quarterback battle is going to be interesting as well in terms of, you know, is, is Michael Penix going to be healthy uh, to really push Jack Tuttle in the spring? And is Peyton Ramsey bought in enough to this program where he's, I don't want to say okay being third string, but he understands where he sits on the depth chart and buys into his role, whether that's, you know, maybe coming in for a few gadget plays, uh, position move, but to have a guy like a Peyton Ramsey uh, as an insurance policy, just in case two guys get hurt, it's, it's a pretty nice luxury to have um and i'm sure what like, DeBoer Boer is going to have um you know the ability to to use every every one of those quarterbacks effectively
1: yeah we we do not know the eligibility status of tuttle uh yet at this time i you know uh indiana is expecting him to be eligible um but uh we've been down the path of uh you know expecting an optimistic result and a good result and then uh, seeing the opposite happen. So, um, you know, it's still very possible that Jack Tuttle is uh, sitting out this coming season uh, and deemed ineligible as a transfer. So, uh, again, that's not expected. But until you hear it definitively that he has been cleared to play for 2019, uh, then I think that does have to be in the back of uh, everyone's mind. Uh, from a planning perspective for Indiana. And I think it's a, you know, adds an extra layer of uncertainty to the quarterback position. You've got the uncertainties of Penix's recovery and health. Uh, Again, from a timeline perspective, does not appear to be an issue at all uh, for the start of the season. However, how much work is he going to be able to put in, um, in terms of spring ball and even fall camp don't know yet that's that's going to have to be determined really on a week-by-week basis when they get there uh and then the other uncertainty of tuttle's uh eligibility you know should be resolved fairly soon i would expect but uh, it's the ncaa you you just never know so uh, a couple of uncertainties there that uh, are added to the uh, to the mix if you will so um, it makes Peyton Ramsey's, uh, I don't know if you'd call it steadiness, if you will. It sounds cliche to say that, but uh, he's a known quantity for better or for worse. Uh, he's a known quantity that um, with the other uncertainties, I think it's a good thing to still, you know, have the option of turning to him if you need to.
2: Yeah.
1: Having, you know,
2: being an IU football fan and IU football fans, you're you're always going to hold your breath a little little bit. It officially happened. It's always going to be planted in the back of your mind that, you know, for whatever Mm -hmm. reason they're going to find, they're not going to grant him a hardship waiver, but it's probably a good sign that they allowed uh, Jack Tuttle to talk uh, to the media. Uh, That's just going on a whim. Um, But, you know, it, Let's say he is eligible. Uh, He's got a lot of work to do this spring, and if Michael Peck is is limited, he can make up a lot of that ground uh, as well. And then you know, and Peyton Ramsey, who's a competitor, can gain a little bit more ground as well. So it's going to be an interesting spring practice uh, on the offense side of the ball, just just because uh, of all the new pieces and, and everything else there. Uh outside of that, that's all the, the Indiana football news that we have for today. You have the February signing date is coming up in a couple weeks. IU is looking to add about five more uh, recruits to their class. Uh, we'll have Matt Weaver on in the next couple of weeks to talk about that uh, and where Indiana football goes. There has been no date announced for spring practice. Historically, Indiana starts their spring practice around the spring break. Uh, under Wilson, it was, you know, the week before spring break, they had spring break, and they came back. Um, what's a little bit tricky this year is that Easter Sunday falls on that date where the spring game might be. I know they moved up uh, the little 500 race, and usually it's the spring games around that weekend. Uh, so we'll see. It, it could be a, a unique schedule this year. Um a unique schedule, uh, in, in that way. Uh, but we'll keep you all updated. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining me on this, uh, snowy cold Monday and enjoy, stay warm, enjoy uh, the day off with your kids.
1: Absolutely. Thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it.
2: All right. That does it for today's Hoosier Huddle podcast. Uh, we'll bring you back news, uh, all off season. It's the first one of the 2019 season, uh, so welcome back. Uh, Indiana also announced that Tom Allen and Kalen DeBoer would have a press conference this coming up Friday. We'll have somebody down there in Bloomington uh, bring you all the updates there, so thanks for hanging with us on this holiday. Monday. Enjoy the rest of your day off if you have the day off, uh, and enjoy the snow if you're in Indianapolis, go sledding uh and enjoy the rest of the day keep following us on twitter at hoosier underscore huddle and follow us at hoosierhuddle.com and also if you are a sports fan and like vintage t-shirts and all that kind of stuff don't forget to hit up vintage uh vintage brand sports vintage brand is a sports apparel and a gift brand offering unique sports gifts vintage uh, sports memorabilia Metro t-shirts, and a wide variety of authentic sports artwork. Uh, they sponsored our bingo this year. They have some really cool stuff uh, for IU football and IU basketball. And if you're a fan of other teams, they have NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, college. They have everything you need if you're a, a sports memorabilia person and if you really like uh, the look of some of these vintage, uh, vintage looks. So, Check them out. They're they're awesome. There's a link at the top of our site. Uh, Click on that. It'll take you right right there. Anyway, thanks for joining us on this holiday Monday. Enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll be back uh, with some recruiting updates, signing day stuff, and hopefully more good news at IU Football.
0: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back